Midnight Conversations. That is, uh, that is me messing up the audio. <laughs> audio Sorry about that, Stephen. Bit of a rocky start to 2020. Uh, but you the, are who? Mm-hmm. Who who are you, Stephen? I, I am Stephen Banos. That's it. That's it. And you are? And in Dynamic Garage. Huh? Oh. We're back in it. We're not rusty at all. How do we're we, seasoned uh, professionals. What well, is this? It's, all, it's not about how Ooh. you fall. It's about how you recover. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And I think I think that's what's important. Are we recovering well right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Perfectly. But, uh, what happened there for the listeners at home? You may have mm. uh, had a bit of a blast in your ears. Let me just explain that uh, I am looking at the audio equipment upside down and mm. without my glasses, so I can't actually see the numbers. And I just I just took a guess, <laughs> left or right, turned Excuses the knob. Excuses straight yeah, away. It didn't work. Been... It didn't work out. But uh, yeah, hopefully you can forgive me, <laughs> Stephen. Twenty twenty has your. Christmas, your New Year's, we haven't seen each other since then. I know, yeah. Have you had New Year's resolutions, things that you're going to kick into for 2020? Nope. I uh, I think my life is perfect beforehand and I'm not going to change a thing. Sounds like a perfect (laughs) perfect answer. Someone not in denial at all. Yes. No, no, I have no problems. (laughs) How about you, man? Um, Yeah, no, I mean, you know, always good to reevaluate, you know, how Mm -hmm. the year's been, what's what's happening in the next year. Wouldn't have guessed that this year is as apocalyptic as it has been. It's crazy. Which is sort of what brings us to today's topic. But before Mm -hmm. we go into that, Stephen Banos, we need to thank. Uh, we need to thank the Australian National Centre for the Public Awareness of Science. I, I threw that to you because I would have definitely messed that up. And I didn't yeah. want to be 0 for 2 in the first episode I'm, back then. I'm proud of so, myself well, Yeah, well that. done. Yeah. Good memory. Um, and, oh yeah, we thank CFAS because mm-hmm. they help us with the studio and the equipment, yeah. if you haven't known by now. And look, I'm highly, it's a highly unsuspecting that someone is just listening to this podcast without listening to previous podcasts. There's got to be mm-hmm. a point at where we say, if you're listening as a new listener, firstly, welcome. And secondly... Go back and start from the start because there's nothing stopping you from <laughs> from going from number one. Time. Working your way. These people might have better things to do. They could be firefighters. Oh, you think that they're interested in just a topic and they just pick the ones that they Perhaps. like? Perhaps. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Disregard everything that was said previously. You don't need to work chronologically. There's no storyline or arc. Listen to how you please. Uh, but in saying that, uh, Stephen, what are we talking about today? Oh, we are talking about fires. That's right. And why are we talking about fires, Anadin? Well, because... In, on a more serious note, I mean, we've had some like unprecedented fires happen in Australia, not in, in the sense that Australia is unknown to having fires, but in the mm-hmm. fact that the scale, the magnitude, the longevity of the fires, the impact that it's had on flora, fauna, humans, mm-hmm. everything. So I thought, you know, today's podcast could be a nice way to maybe start a conversation about fires. We have a, a, a paper that looks at some of the factors that cause fires, but we're going to be using that as sort of a starting point to discuss some facts some things uh, about fires I thought would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be um, a pretty serious paper from here on because mm. of just the extent of damage that these fires have caused. Definitely. Have you had um, any uh, personal impacts from the fires or anything happen uh, in, in, on your end? Uh, not not, not particularly. A lot of my relatives uh, and like friends... We're mm. kind of down in the uh, in the affected areas, but they all got out fine. Yeah. No one, no one yeah. was harmed. No property. Because I think the toll's at twenty three as of recording this podcast. Twenty yeah, people tw- have, have died from the fires. I've seen I've seen some different numbers. Oh really? I found yeah. it pretty hard to get um, 
like statistics on the fires, yeah. consistent statistics. Well, so. I think because it's evolving, right? So like yeah. they're trying to do both and there's a bit of guesswork mm. going in at the same time. I know um, there was something I read about the number of animals that have like just been yeah. affected. It's yeah. like 500 million animals have been affected. Oh, okay. Uh, See, I, I read I read billions in the... 500 billion? No, no, no. Just, just billions of animals have oh, died, of, perished. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, so there you go. Maybe. Uh, we read things at different times. Yeah, but yeah. Regardless, it's Crazy. a large number. But I know that mm. uh, on Twitter today, there was this thing about they were dumping carrots and sweet potatoes. Do you know that? Oh. There was in a, they, they were on a helicopter and they're just going over affected areas and dumping mm. carrots and sweet potatoes so that like wallabies and wildlife can have something to oh, feed on. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that carrots were like a drug to, to wallabies, kangaroos. Really? Yeah. I, all right. You know what? Look, look yeah. that up. Someone, <laughs> someone, fact check me. I've, I've been told not to feed kangaroos uh, carrots because they go crazy over that stuff. So, but they is get it, addicted is it the to same, it. Is it the so, same thing as in like you know cookies are like a drug? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, think it's, 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 I think it's. I think it's more like sugar. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So sweet, right? Because yeah. carrots and beetroots are like the sweeter end of mm. the. Mm, I think we just work something out as, as we yeah. progress. Look at us go. <laughs> That's what it's about. But I mean. Some factors about fires, mm. which I thought were interesting, which were initially raised from this paper, but uh, found up online about uh, fires and how they move. And I think what's interesting is, you know, what makes a fire move fast or slow? How do fires go uncontrollable? There were some videos, I think, that were trending like around about how these firefighters who were in a fire truck and then they just got overwhelmed. Yeah, I've seen that. that. It's crazy. Insane. So that they put up these sheets against the walls to try and like prevent the fires from impacting them and they had these mechanisms. It made me think like they clearly, it's unpredictable. They can't Mm. anticipate. So they're going in and trying their best and then retreating when they need to. So here's an interesting fact I found about Mm. uh, fires and how they advance. They actually advance at different speeds when going uphill as compared to going downhill. Mm -hmm. So fires move faster uh, uphill because there's less space between the flames and the new fuel to burn. And also the radiant heat caused by the fire preheats the fuel, making it easier to ignite. Um, But when it goes downhill, the the increased distance between the flames and the new fuel means that fires spread more slowly, so there's more distance between them. uh, And that is why so if mm. you're ever in uphill areas it, it's it's not good yeah no. i read that the average speed of a fire moving is 22 kilometers an hour that's crazy we that's run fast. at about like 10 kilometers an hour or something oh, I, average. I, I, I got up to 13 so let's did you really yeah you know it what was the guy who did cool. the marathon do you know what his average speed was i think it was in miles but i don't know how how fast that was. But I don't know how I compare to the guy who ran a sub two hour marathon. I'm, I'm sure you're on par. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. So uh, I, might, I might actually just introduce the the paper that, yep. that has got us onto this topic. It's called um, Natural Hazards in Australia, Extreme Bushfires. Mm. And uh, where, where was it published? Who's the... It was, I think it was authors from the University of New South Wales is okay. published and it was published in uh, Climact, uh, Climactic Change is the journal in 2016. Ah, yep. There so, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So 2016, this, mm. this was the topic of discussion mm. and um, it sort of just gives uh, like a, a bit of a, an overview of bushfires in Australia. It sort of tries to draw conclusions about uh, increasing frequency of extreme bushfires. It, uh, it focuses on a bit of a specific area, which was um, in South Australia as well, mm-hmm. just um, for, uh, for ease in terms of the methods. Um, but it, it doesn't really draw great conclusions. Well, that, I, I think, mm. yeah. I mean, I mean, their overall summary is that there wasn't enough data to sort of make 
appropriate conclusions, which is yeah. a very scientific <laughs> way about things. Well, yeah. Right? yeah. But, I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, why is there not enough data is a question, right? Is it that uh, there's not sufficient funding for people to collect this data or, or what's going on? I think the mm. reasons are really interesting. I saw a, a Twitter post on uh, about this guy who was posting all the grant applications that got rejected. What a grant application is, mm. is essentially where as researchers, we apply for funding and grants organizations, private and public organizations, both uh, provide us with funding based on what our grant is about. So I could say, hey, I want to research the effects of fires on overall health of firefighters. Like, what is that exposure to being near fire do for their long-term health? And um, government agencies or even private agencies will say, yeah, that's interesting, let's fund it. Mm -hmm. So this guy posted on Twitter all the grant applications that he had rejected. And like in... 2006, 2008, 2010, all the topics were, what are the effects of smoke exposure from fires on populations? Mm. How do we control fire spread when they're in these sort of areas? And it was really interesting to see all the things that weren't funded and how they've impacted us in the long run. That's really interesting. Mm. I suppose the thing about science is that people only research things that have some kind of economic value attached to that. And, uh, it's interesting that this was done in 2016, yeah. um, you well, know, with the benefit of hindsight, just given how crazy the fires are now. Definitely. Um, but I yeah. mean, people have been saying this over and over right, for mm. lo long, long periods of time. Yeah. I think yeah. it's just, it's interesting, you know, there's that Greta Thunberg, I think, mm. and, and, you know, she was asked in an interview, uh, would you sit down with Donald Trump and have a discussion about climate change and all the things that are happening? And she's like, I don't really know why, because... I would just be saying what scientists and more expert people have said for like 30, 40 years. <laughs> so, so it's, and it's a, a really interesting, like the, the science hasn't changed in that respect, which is mm. interesting. But now we're seeing the effects. And what scares me is the mm. thought of, is this our summers? Like, is, is this what it's going to be like every year? Like, I mean, that's that seems to be what, what people are saying. Mm. Um, I don't know how strong the science is backing that up. Um, I guess that that's what this paper is trying to actually invoke is, is, is other researchers going out there and trying to really create that link between climate change and the increased risk in, in uh, extreme bushfires happening. Mm. Mm. Um, I, there seems to be a lot of evidence. Um, I mean, summer's getting hotter. Yeah. And drier, mm -hmm. um, and that you know, those are the conditions that bushfires need to thrive. So, right. um, you know, I, I don't want to draw definitive answers because this is a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Science, I, I mean, but, yeah. I, there's, there's, I think an interesting way to take today's podcast would be helping, I guess, everyone know some, I guess, key facts about fires and and mm. how they work because, like. Yeah. Fires are, there is an important aspect to fires. There are certain uh, f flora that uh, thrive on fires. So eucalyptus trees are one in particular which thrive on fires, mainly because when they are burnt through, that's what allows for germination to occur. And that's just them spreading their seed. And that means a few things. One is that they can populate and repopulate and have more trees. And two is... The fire sort of eradicates the competition for resources, so sunlight and water and nutrients, all that sort of stuff. And then they're able to grow in the space that's available. So, you know, some there are important things that fires have a purpose and use for. Uh, I think, you know, mm. the famous well-known thing is Aboriginal Australians who have used fires to clear grasslands for hunting and to clear tracks through dense vegetation. And, and they use these techniques to sort of help 
minimize the severity of future fires as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, mm. it's really interesting. Like we have a close history with fire, but it's mm. we still don't fully understand it or know how to contain it clearly. So we're very yeah. responsive. Yeah. I think that's interesting that the eucalyptus trees are contributing to the fires and then benefiting from that. <laughs> <and it in. laughs> well, if you want to blame someone for the fires, blame the eucalyptus trees. That, Everyone yeah. go out and kick a tree. <laughs> <laughs> a eucalyptus tree, not all trees. A eucalyptus right? tree, you not, just, not, you not just any generalize tree. to all trees. Like yeah, sorry trees, <laughs> my apology. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, what, what mm. do you... What do you think is is the long term impacts? Do you see any any things that you're worried about? Do you, I mean, apart from the inevitability mm. or or feelings of you know despair when you feel a fire come forward? Do you see any other impacts that fires can have on society or you personally? I mean, bushfires destroy lives. They destroy mm. homes. They mm. destroy livestock, wildlife ecosystems. They yeah. affect the mental health of so many people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also. Funding is now going to have like scientific research. Funding for scientific research is now going to be poured into this as well. That's taking away from from other areas. Is it? Do you think? I, I would say so. I don't know. You... I don't know if it will. Ah, I mean, I okay. wonder. I wonder, but I don't know if science science is is hmm. useful and science can be the answer to a lot of things. But it, it's inter- when things have happened and things are continuing to happen and the science has been pretty concrete and and you know you have governments who have their different motives of what they want to fund mm. i wonder i think it takes public pressure i don't think it's a given yeah. that the science yeah. will automatically the funding will be there mm. i think it'll take a lot of public pressure to sort of help that move along yes mm. okay yeah. so it's not so much taking away from other things it's more just no. funds from yeah well wh- where are the funds coming from then <laughs> yeah well, that's, well yeah. i mean the funds have to come from somewhere right so yeah. it's i think that's the thing scientific funding has been continually cut and as a result uh, I was watching Q&A I've just been fascinated by the fires like from all sorts of aspects not only the fires themselves and the science behind the fires as we're talking about today but also Mm -hmm. you know it it involves so many things about you know how are individuals affected by fires in Canberra we've been choked out by the smoke and you know apocalyptic scenes I think we were in the top five countries that had like the worst pollution for a few days we we had the worst worst uh, air quality in the world one day yeah that's right and that's where the famous like yellow haze of Blade Runner yeah I wasn't here when that haven't we here yeah yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I mean, I stayed indoors, but the only time I went out was to walk Tommy, our dog. Wow, and, uh, and that's a big deal for you because you was. love the outdoors. <laughs> I, so. I, I do. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it 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 can be very difficult. I mean, that's one thing. Like I mm. I do love the outdoors. I love running. I love cycling, yep. and all these things have an impact. And so I think there's so many other impacts that will be interesting to assess. Like if you just look at. What does this effect of smoke exposure have on our lungs? What does it have on, you know, we know that smoke it can be carcinogenic, you know, lung cancer can develop and, you know, I don't want to cause mass hysteria or, or panic, but, you know, mm. there, there are issues that arise from it. So, you know, P2 masks are a very effective way. I mean, a good public service announcement is the use of P2 masks. Yeah. yeah. Just to emphasize that normal masks and surgical masks don't actually work and can actually be harmful uh, to you because the surgical masks keep and when when I say surgical I mean you know the ones that nurses and doctors often wear in operation yeah. rooms and and they're just like flat on on your face I don't know why I'm putting up my hand <laughs> my face I'm to, enjoying trying, the demonstration yeah, yeah, yeah thank very, you. <laughs> I just realized like no one's gonna understand so um p2 masks are a special type of mask and they actually limit uh, the uh, specific particle going into the mass uh, that 
it can get lodged in your in your respiratory tract. So mm. they limit it, but they don't uh, eliminate all particles going in. So you're not immune by having a P2 mask. And mm-hmm. the P2 mask has to be fitted extremely well. This is not only scientific evidence, this is all like government guidelines that are out there. So definitely check that out. But mm. really, really important, get a P2 mask and fit it really well and still try to minimize your exposure. See, have you seen how big my nose is? There's no way that mask is fitting <laughs> on my head. They, they fit all shapes and sizes. They, they don't, I, they don't I discriminate. Have my, I don't sit worry. there like pinching the, <laughs> the top of the mask over my nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's... I um oh, I forgot to to list one of the um one of the harms of this bushfire is the fact that I had to buy an air purifier and those things are how not cheap. What how expensive is it? I uh, I was interested in it. And I, I bought the last one in the store and it cost uh, nine hundred dollars. You're joking? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. And I just it was just like I've, I've got well, to how, do this. What does it look like and how big is it? And I'm in a bit of shock about that. Yeah, the well, I don't, I don't I don't know if I should promote brands here, but yeah, yeah like what are we talking about? I mean, people. Pe- it's it's a Dyson. Okay. It's the top of the range, little rotating, yeah. cool little circular thing that. Is it like a vacuum cleaner size? I mean, I'm not yeah, that sure. Yeah. That's a standardized size, but you know, like a kind of. It's like a four year old child size. Okay. Okay. That, I've, yeah. I've got an idea there. Yeah, a chubby yeah. for like it's a square. Yeah, kind like, of kind of chubby. Like or is it thin? Yeah, uh, it's quite thin. It's quite okay. thin actually. And yeah. how effective do you find it being? Do you know what? Pretty pretty effective. Oh yeah. I slept really well last night. It's like changed. Like, like I feel so much better stepping into my bedroom now. I'm going to be honest. Really? Yeah. I didn't think I would. I was so bitter when I bought this thing. <laughs> I was like, it's just to quell the anxiety of yeah, my yeah. spouse. And like, that's yeah. To me, that's so valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there. I feel really good about it, to be honest. Well, good my, on you. My, Maybe nine hundred dollars no. well spent. If you can, I think I, so. I would happily invest money that improves sleep. Like yeah. I'm all about yeah. top of the line mattress. I mean, saying that I don't have it yet, but I've mm. always, I've always tried to convince <laughs> my partner that it's really important <laughs> to have top of the line mattresses and like good pillows, like. Good mm. investment in sleep is a good investment in your life because you spend so much time sleeping. So I mentioned yeah. no. Okay, cool. Good to know. Yeah. So yeah. those those affected by smoke, it's it's probably worth it. Put yeah. your health first. Yeah. Um, if you can afford it. I mean, there's yeah. so many levels to that, right? Like the economics of it, of people being able to afford these things. I mean, even P2 oh, yeah. masks. Yeah. I mean, are they, are they, do you know if they're freely available? Like are the government initiatives to hand them out? Look, uh, I, they're, I, they're available through my work, but I don't know if they're, yeah, they're free. I, I'm surely, surely there are people handing them out. Yeah, I, I know there were yeah. um, some people who were, I think, I I'd like to say the government, but I'm not entirely sure if this credit is due to them. Uh, they were handing out uh, P2 masks for the homeless, uh, mm, which I thought great, was a nice gesture. Great. It happened. I don't know who it was yeah. done by. But uh, yeah, it's it's insane when you think about it. Uh, like people who are living on the streets in this time, living in these smoky conditions, there's literally no respite. And yeah. Even if you're in a house, like it's not even that great mm. inside. So yeah. it, it seems a bit unfair to draw a silver lining from these bushfires because of how devastating they've be, been. But like, it's mm. it's just great to see the community uniting around mm. this. I find mm. it's, it's, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Natural disasters seem to bring out the best in people in a, in a weird way. And, yeah, um, I think because everyone's bonded by that sense of hardship and, mm. you know, everyone can understand that you've been through what I've been through, which has not been easy. So I think that yeah. does bring people together. Yeah. yeah so. I've been feeling more like darkly existential recently. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> which all, is kind of cool. All, all but... good too. No. <laughs> <laughs> more than usual, yeah. Well, in saying that, I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, a, a good place, we, we could be talking about these fires forever, but I think a good place to, to leave this episode on mm. is, you know, we've learned a few things about fires, 
stay safe and uh, making sure that, you know, knowledge is power, but also your voice has a power. So mm-hmm. when you can do something to help promote, you know, help help your firefighters or, or help help your community or even help your neighbors. Or if they're not coping, maybe they need, you know, a towel to put under their door or, or something like I think, as mm-hmm. you said, Stephen, it brings people together and it's a good message to be like help help others is as well i think um, i think yeah. that's a nice nice place to leave it yeah, I think well so. concluded yeah oh thank you very much <laughs> I, I started off rusty and then it sort of got, got better and better, better as things go it's saying that uh, yeah. if you have any uh, papers that you'd like us to cover or mm. any topics and we can find the papers for you feel free to hit us up on midnight conversations podcast at gmail.com yep and uh, we're on instagram we're on twitter so mm-hmm. um hit us up there also shameless self-plug that i did want to throw out there mm. uh, which if you'll allow me Stephen. of course i yeah, feel like yeah. if a listener's listened this far into our podcast they're like invested for a little self-promotion which should be okay. yeah yeah um, self-promotion is there is a, a walk or a run that i'm doing it i'm uh, for alzheimer's research in mid-february uh, and it's uh, the dementia run and walk uh, i'm going to be running 10ks so mm-hmm. if you are want to help out and you can do a few things one is you can share uh, the the walk so it's the dementia canberra dementia walk and run uh, or you can donate to the cause i mean i've got a page up and uh, i've got a team set up called happy neurons so that's another one that Mm. you can donate to or uh, you can join me and you can run with me because um, that helps spread the message and it helps donate uh, people donate and stuff so um yeah if you could do any of those things feel free to it's the memory walk and jog uh, and it's for dementia research so it helps with researchers and and it's something that uh with scientists and the carers and the people who are living with alzheimer's disease and i think it's something that is important so i'm going to be plugging that uh, yeah today. i'm going to do that right now that oh, sounds great cheers. oh yeah. thanks Steve. appreciate it um cool but in saying that thank you very much for listening first episode mm-hmm. back and uh, we will see you next week perfect see you then guys bye